messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Good. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Oh, you're in good hands. You're in our hands. Welcome to another episode of After These Messages, the show where we talk about television commercials. We talk about the best ones. We talk about the worst ones. And we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. We think it's fair to say that the 1970 Chevrolet Nova is a lot better automobile than O.J. Simpson. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has, And as always, we are your hosts. Hey, Vives. Hi, Andrew. So, today's show. Actually, kind of an, uh, an outgrowth of last week's show. Uh, we were talking last week about that uh, T.J. Miller ad where he plays a lazy smartphone. I don't know if people, uh, if you didn't hear last week, if you remember that, that uh, series of ads. T.J. Miller, now super famous, one of our favorite guys on Silicon Valley. Uh, but this commercial was made before any of us knew who T.J. Miller was. You know where I'm going with this? That's today's theme. All commercials starring actors before they were famous. I love this topic because it was so easy to research. <laughs> Quote unquote research. You just Googled three. Called Googling <laughs> compilations of commercials <laughs> titled before they were famous. You've made one Google search, yep. hit the top three. Did you even use results from the top three or just like the top two? Top two. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, thank you for all your support, everybody. Thank you for listening. Yeah. We work hard. We've been slaving all day <laughs> over a hot <laughs> podcast. Uh, since we did only... Uh, use the first two Google results. As we have this conversation, you will probably think of other ads starring celebrities before they were famous. Please send them in to us. You can email us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail.com. You can uh, visit us on our Facebook page, After These Messages Show at Facebook. As a matter of fact, Vives, we don't usually do this, but at the top, while I'm doing, like, kind of giving out phone numbers and doing some of this business stuff, rarely, rarely do this, but I wouldn't mind putting in another plug for people who have been enjoying the show, maybe to go to the iTunes page and send, uh, you know, sending everybody a review or zipping a review review how does it go you you facebook a review on the itunes you nailed it okay yes. so if you facebook us a review on the itunes with your right. tweeter right so if you don't mind just like use your linkedin uh portal get to itunes and then uh for real if you if you don't mind if you enjoy the show fill out a review give us a few stars because uh you know we are we're self-funded and everything but that's the way we can gain more listeners and and bring more people into this little party um okay so oh other, just if I can get them out of the way at the beginning, if you don't mind, the only other commercial starring a before they were famous sort of scenario, Vives, that I could remember us talking about before was the Tony Hale. Baby and, Tony oh, Hale. Oh, my God. Tony Hale from uh, Veep and uh, Arrested Development, of course, yep. uh, uh, Buster Bluth. Um, he was in that ad, which I remembered really well, but did not know that that was him, uh, that ad where you see some guy in a lonely parking lot. It looks like he's just freaking out in his car. It's a quiet night. I think his dome light might be on, and you just see this guy freaking out in his car. And then, um, then eventually, near the end of the commercial, his buddy comes and opens the door, and you hear that he's this guy's been rocking out to uh, Mr. Roboto by sticks, and that they do, and they do a wonderful callback to in Arrested Development when uh, he's. Uh, rocking out with his hook hand in the car to that same to song. That same yes, song. that's the thing. I mean, not to turn this into a podcast about Arrested Development. Everybody already knows it's really a podcast about Mr. Show, but um, that's one of those moments where you're just like, good grief! 
this television show had so many layers yeah. of jokes. I mean, I'm sure I'll be watching it another 20 years and uh, and still uncovering jokes like that that I didn't understand the origins of. All right, should we uh, dig in some new ones here, Vives? You did the quote unquote research. Why don't and you by kick new, it off? I, I assume you mean old, old because right. basically what we were finding are commercials that are really from the mostly from the 80s, uh, starring people who either uh, went on to be very famous or. Uh, or grew up to be very famous. It's there's mm-hmm. sort of there's somewhere it's like very young pe- very young versions of other people we know. And some I think the more interesting ones are actually the ones starring actors who got discovered kind of late in life. So they had an adult acting career as a kind of you know workaday working commercial actor. Because as as you know, when we lived in L.A., that's the way a lot of people, a lot of yeah. working actors make money. You've never heard their names, but they are making a living. Genevieve, I mean, it sounds to me. Like, you've been doing this podcast game for about 31 episodes now, because, my friend, that was the perfect segue into our first batch of commercials. Well. <laughs> Brian Grant. I guess. Congratulations <laughs> to me. Congratulations to everybody. <laughs> Congratulations to the listener and to myself as well. Um, so, Brian Cranston, of course, of Breaking Bad fame. The funny thing about Brian Cranston is, I remember you and I being like, oh, it's that guy from Malcolm in the Middle, isn't Who this Who was then show? that guy from, from Seinfeld. <laughs> Oh, oh, he was Dr. Tim oh, Watley from Seinfeld. Right. So he's had a career as kind of a, I mean, I wouldn't say he was a name actor on Seinfeld, but he, you know, was a, hey, it's that guy on Seinfeld. A pretty recognizable character. Was he a dentist? He wasn't the proctologist. No, no, right? he, was he was the, the dentist. dentist. Okay, yeah. You're a rabid anti-dentite. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Um, Let's but- hurry up with the show so we can go watch some Seinfeld. <laughs> um, and then and then he graduates to do Malcolm in the Middle, which I mean that was a I, that would have been his first line of his obituary, as we like to say. Like right. that was a significant role. Totally. He was known as the father from Malcolm in the Middle, and such a goofy, uh, totally feckless character. What made what made uh, Vince Gilligan think that this guy was Heisenberg? I know, I love it. So then, of course, now he will probably, unless I mean, who knows? The guy just keeps on well, doing he's, bigger he's and done, better things. He did a movie where he's Dalton Trumbo, which I never saw. I think it was oh, in theaters yeah. for like a hot minute. But you know, it's the story of Dalton Trumbo who was blacklisted. Um, and then he's in that HBO one now. He plays. Is it Truman? Oh, it's not Truman, but it's uh, or maybe it is. I Truman. think he's playing Truman. Yeah, some president. Anyway, um, some some president, some dead white guy. Anyway, before all of that, Brian Cranston was hawking Preparation H. Now you can relieve and flame hemorrhoidal tissue with the oxygen action of Preparation H. It accelerates absorption of pure oxygen to help shrink swelling of inflamed hemorrhoidal tissue as it often relieves pain and itch for hours. Preparation H, with oxygen action. Now, the YouTube says that's from the early 80s. I'm not sure, man. Do you think maybe that might be mid-80s or something? To me, the way he's dressed, so the, so what you're, what you're not seeing, and of course we'll post this to the Facebook page, is he's wearing a very 80s suit with kind of a wide mm-hmm. shoulder cut, gray suit um he's got he's like 90 percent hair he's so much hair and he's wearing uh like very round glasses he looks like the christopher reeve interpretation of clark kent that is exact perfect that's exactly what he looks like as a matter of fact yeah i'm looking at a small little badge of uh, a screenshot of that here on the on the computer and for a second i thought it was christopher reeves uh that's a perfect description so that's a pretty straightforward commercial but i like this one too this is uh circa 1987 um, and i remember this one this is one for shield soap i do not remember this you're gonna hear a 
woman talking, and she's describing how her husband smells so bad. While she's talking, what you, the listener, aren't seeing, um, but we will again post this to Facebook, is there is a man, let's call him Brian Cranston, and he is dressed as a skunk among a bunch of human beings. He's just like full-on cosplay, skunking it up. Yeah, he's, uh, and he's, he's just, furry to the max. He's furry to the max, and he's just walking on a bus, and, oblivious to the fact that everybody is seeing him as a skunk because he stinks so bad. My Harry, he used to start the day showering with ordinary soap, but by the time the day was over, he had a problem. People noticed, and one day he noticed. Oh, no. That's when I found out about Shield deodorant soap. Unlike ordinary soap, Shield keeps you smelling fresh and clean <laughs> all day long. Harry, you're a changed man. Shield works long after ordinary He's soap. He's kind of foxy at the Good end. Good looking man. I know. Right? That's yeah. exactly what I was Young thinking. Young Brian Cranston can get it. Abs- I mean, don't you think old Brian Cranston can get it? Yeah, but in a different way. Yeah. Because more based on his resume. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, really good looking. Like you said, full set, uh, full head of hair there. Uh, the, I, you heard me probably chortle during that commercial. So he's this man dressed up as a skunk the whole time. And then, and again, there's no CG. Like, it's just a dumb skunk suit. But they show him <laughs> in the shower, in the skunk suit, like rubbing the soap into the on, fur. Into the fur of the <laughs> and costume. And all of a sudden it just disappears as they just, you know, like overlay with uh, with him, like actually shirtless, soaping himself up. But then it's he's so like getting funny. dressed and, and straightening yeah. his tie and his wife come up, comes up behind him. And he's very like, it's real, it's kind of sexy. Yeah, very, very handsome. All right, what do we have up next? Oh, I love this one. This is a this is a commercial with Steve Carell, a very young Steve Carell, and I'm gonna guess. Um, well, I don't know. I don't even know what he what his what he got his start doing, uh, but that wasn't commercial work. But this was a low budget local commercial for a, a restaurant called Brown's Chicken. And you'll you'll recognize Steve Carell's voice, even though he's is much younger. So this is from 1989, we think, and a young Steve Carell. What age do you think he is? Like young, I'm going to say like early early 20s. Yeah, I mean at most, right? Maybe I mean, 19 this was, or something. You know, 30 years ago. And he is atop a ladder, uh, and he's like kind of affixing those temporary letters to a sign for um, what is oh, for Brown's, Brown's chicken for Brown's chicken. And um, I'm just going to kind of give away the whole. Th- Spoiler alert, I'm going to give away the whole uh, joke now so you can kind of follow it as you're listening to it. So he's putting some uh, some sign, temporary sign that says we are now... It's not Cholesterol-free. Glu- yeah, going to say gluten-free. No, Andrew, this was 1989. Can you imagine? Gluten didn't exist. People would be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is it? Like, what is gluten? And then you'd be like, oh, well, it's wheat. They'd be like, no bread. <laughs> anyway, Get out of here. He's putting up a sign that says cholesterol. we are now cholesterol free or something. But as he is talking to the camera, l- the wind is kicking up, blowing all kinds of letters off of the sign. So by the end of the commercial, as people are just piling into the parking lot, the sign now just basically says free chicken. Big news from Brown's Chicken. While we've always cooked our chicken in cholesterol-free cottonseed oil, we now have cholesterol-free batter, too, so our chicken is cooked completely cholesterol-free. And it tastes just as great as always. We figured a lot of people would like our new healthier way of cooking, but quite frankly, the response has been better than we'd anticipated. Oh, he realizes that he made a sign that says free. It's so funny. You can hear the very beginnings of, like, Michael Scott in there. You know, like, 
just if you just listen for it, like there, there's there's a little. I mean, whatever part of of Steve Carell's kind of like natural uh, sound is 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 part of that. Is part of that character, part of the brown chicken mm-hmm. character, and part of the Michael Scott character. You know, I mean, I was uh, I get all these guys confused, but of course, Carell was also the guy who was in Little Miss Sunshine, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's right. And so I was watching this, and for some reason, I thought that I saw a little bit of that guy in this, in the way that this uh, you know sign worker seems like he's maybe depressed and suicidal. Yeah. No, just kidding. All right. So um, <laughs> let's stay in that vein with a, a Stephen Colbert one. I know, right? Like you've got Steve Col- Stephen, I'm sorry, you've got Steve Carell. You've got to have a Stephen Colbert. Right. And this one, I love Stephen Colbert so much. And I fell in love with him when he was doing Strangers with Candy years mm-hmm. ago, which is he's fantastic as the self-important um, uh, teacher uh, who's always sort of hassling uh, Amy Sedaris's character, Jerry Blank. Um, and... This commercial for a bank, uh, he is wearing again like this that one of those wide shouldered eighties suits with like I think it's even a double breasted one. It's it's just hideous. Um he's got his same round glasses that he used mm-hmm. to wear as as Chuck Noblet on uh Rested, or I'm sorry, on um Strangers with Candy. And so it's very to me. It's like watching Chuck Knoblet do a commercial for a local bank. Yes, and because Stephen Colbert just deals in parody so much, and with the yes. Colbert Report, like this just seems so. I mean, it's it, the reason this seems so much like a parody is a little bit visual, but it's basically Stephen Colbert, as you describe him, standing in front of a map. And there, I actually even with the visuals had to watch this twice because it's so horribly written. Oh, you terrible. can't tell what yeah. the hell they're talking about. But the idea is they. Um, it's uh, what's the actual name of the bank? It's, it's called First, First Tier Bank, but they play of uh, the play on words throughout the the commercial is. Uh, you're first here at this location. Right. You're first here at this. We have so many locations. First here, first here, first here. You're first here. You're first tier. Right. So it's a, it's a, so that's, that's a, a little confusing. Joke. It's a weak joke, but then they also they make it confusing because they're also showing it on a map, and so you're going to make here make some joke about location, location, location. Trust me, doesn't make tons of sense. No. But you know what? You guys are going into this better than I did when I watched <laughs> it, even without the visuals. So here we go. At first tier, we have three words for convenience. You're first here. You're first here. You're first here. Thought I was going to say location, 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 right? Nope. I could have. Because we put you first at locations all over Nebraska. On your way to work, on your way home, or anywhere in between. Even in supermarkets. Not to mention shops, restaurants, and homes. So remember these three words for banking convenience. You're first here. At first here. You know, that commercial is so terrible. Like, the <laughs> right down to the font that they use. Yes, you're right. Oh, let's show, go back. I want to look at that font again. It's just a tr- I mean, oh, look at that it makes sweet, Comic sweet Sans font. look like the height of seriousness. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. It's so terrible. It looks it, like Comic Sans. makes Comic Sans seem responsible enough to have a child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a terrible commercial. And because it's so terrible and because it's Stephen Colbert who does, like, you know, live and breathe parody and completely, uh, you know, has owned that genre in so many ways. You can't help but think like, oh, this is a joke. I mean, there's no joke. It's just a bank commercial, but it's so terrible. And it's Stephen Colbert. And it feels like, oh, where's the joke? Like you're waiting for it. Now, this next one is, I think this is the one that shocked me the most. As a matter of fact, (laughs) this is the one that now I'm starting to think, should we double check to make sure this one is not a parody? We had one in our list today that was on a lot of people's list that was a parody. As a matter of fact, let me head this off at the pass. If you guys are kind of like want to send us... 
you know, your emails with your suggestions. There's one um, going around that's supposedly Morgan Freeman selling cigarettes back in the 70s. It's so fake, and it's on a lot of people's Andrew, list. I, let's be fair. I, I threw it on the list. because I'm not throwing you under the bus no, here. No, I'm throwing myself okay. under the bus. I, I didn't catch that it was fake, and Andrew's uh, spidey sense immediately keyed in on the fact that it was too good to be true well i think everything is fake to the degree that it makes me absolutely unfun to be around at all times but yeah that one just seemed really fake i mean this next commercial though featuring tina fey is again i'm just gonna i'm not gonna keep saying supposedly because i i think it is real but it's from 1995 and if you are a 30 rock fan this looks exactly like the type of thing they would flash back to like liz lemon remember that time you did that dorky 90s commercial for a a bank like that is I, I i don't even have words to describe her can you start by describing Let, let's play start by describing her brocade <laughs> vest so it's tina fey with a, the most heinous like short 80s mom haircut a white blouse under a brocade <laughs> vest the blouse, by the way, is one of those. It's almost like a like a mandarin kind of a, collar. Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, I was gonna call it like almost like a poet blouse because it's kind of got you know it doesn't have a it's buttoned all the way to the top oh. button, but it doesn't actually have a collar. It's like, I mean, that's why I understand why you think like could this possibly be real? Like, was there ever a time when someone thought this is a good look? Now this is what is I'm watching this or I'm looking at this on Vimeo and it says um, in 1995 we cast a terrific young second city cast member for this spot. It was her first commercial. She was very nice, very nervous, and very funny. Look closely, it's Tina Fey. So um, I don't know why that is written in the um, first person. Oh, it looks like maybe this is Onion Film slash The Purple Onion. Were they a produ- are they a production company? Well, there's The Purple Onion. Uh, I've, you know, there's like Zach Galifianakis live at The Purple Onion. This is something else. Well, this is apparently Purple Onion Inc. Broadcasting and media production. Oh, okay. So unless we are falling for a hoax here. It's incredibly l- elaborate if this is a hoax. Yeah, let's take a listen to uh Because there's nothing Fey. particularly funny about the commercial. Like, No, it's not over the top. Except like a, that it's yeah, Tina Fey it, and this, these clothes yeah. are just atrocious. It's also... Um, I also think this is just horribly written, and I, I have a point to make that. Well, I'll just I'll play it, and then I'll ask you if you had the same reaction, because I'm kind of dumb when it comes to banking stuff. Hi can have a lot of different meanings. For example, hi, nice to meet you, or hi, I have no idea who you are. Hi, my long-lost brother Phil. You owe me money. And then there's high, as in, did you see the current interest rate at Mutual Savings Bank? It's really high. So stop in, and they'll give you a big, friendly high. I just want to jump in here and say, first of all, I should have mentioned in describing this, we did a good job of describing what Tina's wearing, but we did not describe the fact that this is the ultimate 90s set, because where is she? Wait, hold on a second. I want you to guess, listener. What is the ultimate 90s set for something like this? Think wide open, unfinished loft space. It's loft space. It's just a giant open. It's exactly where Lisa Loeb shot her video yeah, for and, and all of real, all of the kids in reality bites lived <laughs> right or um and what are the other there was like um those kind of like soft rock songs by the hard rock bands like i'm the one who wants to be with yes. you i'll bet you that was filmed in this same space I'm like sure. it's, everything in the 90s was filmed in an empty unfinished loft i love it so much do we want to play this reminded you specifically of a 30 rock uh parody right yeah the haircut in particular uh when you look the funny thing about that ad as i look at it again was 
Tina Fey, uh, they, the way they have her dressed is so frumpy. Although I know it was like a 90s kind of frump. I mean, it was sort of, it was very 90s. Um, but her hair is deliberately frumpy. She's a little fuller in the face than she is nor- now, the way you think of her now. And she's so, uh, she's like aggressively unsexual. <laughs> And you look at Tina Fey now and like the ads that she does where she's like she does, I think, American Express or some credit card. Um, and it's not that she, they have her like super tarted up in those. But like Tina Fey now has she's much more just physically more attractive and she and she's presented in a more sexual or at least kind of attractive light. And you look back at this and it was like, God, what were they going for? Like the most just like sort of neutered look for this poor woman right well i mean i will i think that tina fey's a straight up fox but you know you wouldn't from that ad not from that ad which is funny yeah it's like there's somebody i swear there are other well again it might be kind of a 90s thing 20 years ago not to turn this into objectification town but like the idea is by the way you do not want to live in objectification town like it is just you get cat called all the time um but we say the same thing about um uh, Veep. Um, oh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Because, like, you traditionally people are better looking when they're younger, right? We get older, we get saggier, all these things. And it's like, yeah, I had a listen. I'm a '90s boy. I had a huge crush on Elaine Bennis and Seinfeld. But I think, like, most people would say that she is getting hotter with age in a certain way. And I think Tina Fey's a straight up Fox too. Yeah. And it's kind of like, she is way more attractive later on in life. I think part of it is, I mean, obviously they, they have retained an amazing, they're, you know, they're in fantastic shape physically, but it's more than that. I feel like that both of those women are great examples of women who figured out what their look is mm-hmm. and like what their kind of personal style is. Not just, not just visually, but like their whole, their whole, self that they put yeah. out there and it's they're so confident and it's so appealing yeah. i mean it helps that they both have beautiful bone structure and all that right but, right you know right. but but i do think a big part of it is presentation i, I the thing that about um tina fey that it was always kind of a disconnect for me and and i realize i'm the one who took it to uh object- objectification town but you know it was a disconnect in 30 rock when she just portrayed herself as being this super ugly like she's always talking about how fat she is and she has this obsession with food but there's a disconnect because she's absolutely beautiful on the screen now i didn't get hung up on it like clearly this is you know that show is such an extension of who she is of who tina fey is and you know like who knows she went through her awkward phases or that's still how she sees herself yeah you realize she spent her her early part of her career in this pretty asexual, yeah, boxed into this asexual role, right? Like right. this was the kind of stuff that she was getting hired for. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's take a listen to this parody. Do you want to set this up? This is actually from Thirty Rock, and this is what that commercial reminded you of. It, re- it reminded me of it so much. Now, this is much more. This is this is parody. Obviously, it's intended to be funny, but it's clearly supposed to be Liz Lemon from the same era that the Mutual Bank commercial we just yeah. listened to was from, and she's got. Pretty much the exact same haircut, uh, but instead of advertising a bank, she's advertising a, a very down market phone sex line <laughs> called one eight hundred one nine hundred OK Face. <laughs> and I feel like the writers of Thirty Rock and her being the head writer probably like made a spoof of that. Like, there's no way they came up with a skit without watching no. that on YouTube, right? No. <laughs> Singles in the greater Chicagoland area and Schaumburg know a good time is just a phone call away. Hi, I'm Bijou. Call me. 
So don't wait. Call now. Call us in English, German, or Polish. Twenty-one hours a day. Get on the phone and then get off. But not off the phone. We don't mean the other kind. Call us. We love to party. <laughs> Call now. We're here for you. It ends with a shot of her eating greasy pizza no over her lips. <laughs> no, yeah, credit no credit cards. Over her lip stained, lipstick stained teeth. Yeah, uh, she is just so funny, and I think yeah, that had to have been at least somewhat informed by that mutual bank commercial, and by you know, I'm sure I'm sure she had all kinds of horror stories of jobs she auditioned for or had to you know do or whatever this next one was another one that i actually did look up because i just wanted to make sure this is a mcdonald's commercial well the thing is it's a mcdonald's commercial where you it stars megan mullally and john goodman and there were a couple of things that happened first of all i think of them as being from different eras but they probably what maybe there's a 10 year age difference between them do you think uh, maybe. You think John Goodman's 10 years older than her? Um, yeah, I would think. Now, in this commercial, a young woman who's playing, and this is Megan Mullally, apparently, she is the, um, she is the uh, uh, cashier, and she's, ta- she's the one you hear talking. The only reason I looked it up is because I don't see her in there at all. Oh, really? I just don't see her at all. I hear and see her. At one point... They shoot to a man sitting at a at a McDonald's table taking a big bite of an egg McMuffin, and that's John Goodman. And the camera's on him for about two seconds. It's you great. guys won't hear it. And, and like, I also think that like, all right, Megan Mullally, I just love her. I couldn't be a bigger fan of her. I think she's so hilarious. Um, but she's nowhere near the star that John Goodman is. And I also think that nobody knew who she was long, long after we all knew that John Goodman was a household name. As a fact, I would even argue, do you think that Megan Mullally is a household name? Now she is. Um, so? I agree with you that John Goodman got more, was famous earlier and remains more famous than yeah. she is. But Will and Grace was a huge success. She was the breakout star from that show. She was by far the most watchable character on it. And... Since then, uh, she's you know she's sort of remained in kind of the she hasn't had a big a big vehicle since and she hasn't had her Veep, mm-hmm. but she's shown up in a lot of places and I think because she and her husband uh, Nick Offerman are such a well known couple and they do live shows together and things mm-hmm. like she's remained in the public eye in a way that um, actually maybe even. John Goodman hasn't, although he does, he acts, but that's sort of like, he'll show up in a movie now and again, mm-hmm. but then like, that's it. I think he's selective in one, in the projects he takes, yeah. which is good, I he doesn't show up in a Megan lot of Megan Mullally's on a lot of platforms, like, mm-hmm. I think she's pretty active on a lot of social media platforms, and she and her husband are do like, do some sort of more interesting, varied things. So I, I think she does, is now a household name. I would love for her to have her Veep, her Veep moment. Yes. So like, I think she can... HBO, get on it. You gotta find, I mean, you. it's always so sad when you see somebody that that you absolutely love like her, who I just think is she's one of the most talented people. But if it's not the perfect project, especially because she's kind of a quirky personality type, yeah. I think, um, it, it, I'd almost rather her n- not, well, this is awful. Kids, don't try because you might fail. I, I would hate to see her like kind of like get a really big moment, especially on a huge network like HBO or something, and then have it run for like half a season and get canceled or something. Like I think that 
the right platform eventually is going to come along with the right project, and I think she can really... I'll tell you, I would totally watch a spinoff of her character from Parks and Recreation. Oh, yeah. I think that would be bonkers, because she's just, like, total sociopath, right? Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Just awful person. I would love to see her, like, like shake the dust of Pawnee, Indiana off her feet and go start up, uh, like, try to run the libraries in, you know, New York City yeah. or something. That's, a, a, you know, it's so funny because the first thing, this is very weird, but the first thing I think of her from, and she was only there for, like, half a season, is um, Party Down. Well, she was there for the whole second season. Was she there for the whole second yeah. season? But I guess that's not really a breakout character, a spinoffable character, because really she's just kind of a flighty airhead, sort of, right? Yeah, she doesn't, there's not a ton of substance to, yeah, to that yeah. that character, but I thought the, the librarian character from Party Parks and Rec was great. All right. Anyway, do you want to hear a young Megan Mullally and not hear a younger John Goodman in this McDonald's commercial? Yes, you do. There's only one place you can get an egg McMuffin, and now you can get it for just 99 cents. Just 99 cents for a hot buttered muffin with a nice fresh egg and Canadian style bacon and cheese. Have an egg McMuffin, please. It's America's There's favorite your, breakfast There he is. And now just a man just sitting at a table. That man's voice we heard nothing, is not John Goodman. Like that is just some kid. And now um, there's nothing yeah, like John Goodman is, let's say, 1.5 seconds of Goodman that we get just taking a bite of a sandwich. It's so, there are a few commercials. I, did, I didn't include them all in this, but there are a few commercials where more than one famous person or future famous person showed up in it. There's really? one that I remember actually pretty vividly as a kid where Seth Green um, is advertising oh, um, yeah. Fruit Loops. Yeah. Uh, no, not Fruit Loops. I think it's um, – uh, sma- isn't it the Smack'em it, Frog what's one? What's the one with the Toucan Sam? Oh, I guess it's Fruit Loops. Okay. Yeah. It's Toucan Sam, and then the kid next, and so the, uh, Seth, the Seth Green character has the biggest role in the commercial, but at the end, the kid next to him peels off his face to reveal that he's Toucan Sam. That kid, uh, Giovanni Ribisi. Oh, uh, right. And you know the one I'm thinking of, I think it's for Smacks, is um, the other, uh, uh, Jess, uh, uh, Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah, there is an Aaron Paul. Aaron he, Paul. He got, no, it's got to have my pops. Got to have Paul. my pops. That's right. Was Smacks even a thing? Honey yeah. Smacks, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, let's see here. Popsy. Can we just go can we just go off script here for a second and play this Aaron Paul? Have we already played this one on the show, do you think? I don't think so. This is a pr- this is a really famous before they were famous. Uh, I didn't even include it because I had seen it before. Son, I think we need to talk. Uh-huh. Oh no. Not the heart to heart. Not now. Acting a little odd. Odd. Yeah. Uh-huh. Look, just leave a pamphlet on the table and I'll read it after breakfast. No. Responsibility. Uh-huh. Man, all I want to do is eat. What does he want me to say? So, do we have an understanding? Uh-huh. Kellogg's Corn Pop Cereal is part of this complete breakfast. I think we really got through to him. Gotta have my pops. There it is. He's gotta have his pops. I feel like he was trying out hardcore for Jesse Pinkman <laughs> in that commercial. It's like basically the relationship with his parents writ small. I gotta say, seeing that commercial, I know it's so hokey, but like, I don't know if people say this a lot. I am. I'm proud to be part of the generation that I'm a part of. Like, obviously, with every <laughs> passing day, it gets more and more kind of hokey. This '90s generation, this like such Gen X, like, all right, whatever, just leave me a pamphlet. But like, that's kind of like it's so like, oh, dude, I'm over it, whatever. But 
for a silly like kids serial commercial for like the teenager to be you know whatever the pamphlet clearly they think their kid is on drugs yeah. like that's kind of an interesting kind message to go with yeah. i think you can definitely tell it's the 90s, though, because he's got his uh, long sleeve T-shirt under his short sleeve T-shirt. Yes, and he's wearing one of those, like, clay necklace kind oh, of things. God, I don't know yeah. how to describe those things. They must no, have a name. No, that's it. <laughs> um, all right, well, this is another kind of, this is very much in the same vein of uh, the McDonald's one we just saw. This is Meg Ryan, probably also playing a cashier or just a spokesperson or something. It's, for... it's almost the double of the Megan Mullally one. It's a, it's a chipper, cheerful, uh, young actress just, you know, singing the praises of uh, the fast food chain. Of Burger King, yeah. So this is uh, from 1982. Hold it! I just have to tell you about the Aren't You Hungry Wait, for you a can Whopper really hear her, can you? Yeah. You can win a Whopper or a Coke. And she, her face never changes. No. Well, now it has. Oh, did she have a lot of work? Does she look a lot different now? Oh, yeah. The food. Aren't you Anyway, we talked over all of Meg Ryan's part. You didn't need to hear it. It, it wasn't like, interesting. Whatever. It was just like blah, 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 Burger King. <laughs> right, exactly. But I just think it's so funny how what I wanted, what I think is kind of interesting, and we'll, this next one we'll get to, we'll really put the capper on it, was how uh, prescient or or maybe how uh, sort of uh, good the casting was for like these giant fast food chains as far as who they were casting. Because oh, look yeah, at the people, point. look at the talent that they were casting for these nothing roles. I mean, it's look, it's a person looking at a camera going... You know, it's, uh, you know, melty, it's a hot buttery biscuit with uh, Canadian bacon and an egg. Um, although I got to say, I wish Megan Mullally had been the one to deliver a hot buttered muffin because I feel like that would have been <laughs> just something pretty would've... instructive for a future <laughs> career. Uh, but, you know, it's like, I just think it's impressive how good these casting agencies are, that they nailed so many people, that they cast so many people who went on to be really enormous stars like well, not just people that you've heard of but like a-listers yeah now i don't know if you would consider jason alexander to be a uh, enormous star well, but certainly would, we yeah. all know who he is uh, of course george from seinfeld and this is a commercial that i gotta say uh luke and i talk about on tbtl a lot because i think we have a weird fascination with the mcdlt i mean <laughs> i think there was a period in my life where i kind of forgot about it and then when i remembered it again about five or ten years ago i was like oh yeah that's right we lived through that and for those who don't know, the, the McDLT, the whole thing was the hot side stayed hot and the cold side stayed cold. And I know for those of uh, you who are my age, that's obvious. But, I mean, that must be news to some people who are listening now that McDonald's did this whole thing where, hey, listen, we're serving you a burger. But we realize that the lettuce and tomato get soggy when they're in that little, uh, you know, burger uh, container that we serve it to you in, especially if you have to take it somewhere. So they came out. It was the 80s. So, of course, it was a styrofoam container. I was going to say, that's how you kept your food uh, at actual temperature was have terrible styrofoam. Right, exactly. It worked like a charm. Well, they were all styrofoam back then. I no, think even the little, even the, uh, even the ones where the yeah, hamburger all, and all, all the, the little clamshell containers were styrofoam and they right. worked so much better than the uh, recyclable right. ones we have now. Well, what McDonald's did was they realized that your tomato and your and your lettuce were getting too soggy so they created this um styrofoam container that had two different sides to it one with the bun with the uh toppings and the other with the bun with the burger on it and then when you got to your destination you would combine it these for me like I, when i was a kid i just ate mcdonald's hamburgers just a plain hamburger no cheese ketchup and pickle that's mm -hmm. all i had that doesn't surprise you i'm a finicky eater these days it's still basically the same only it's usually two burgers and i throw some mustard on there as well but for me 
I think I watch these commercials kind of like, oh yeah, those are the adult burgers. <laughs> you know, those are, that's, you know, someday when I'm old, then, right. because to me, I just didn't get it. I didn't understand what the dilemma with the tomato and lettuce was because I didn't eat tomato and lettuce on burgers. Yeah, gross so, vegetables. Right. So, but, you know, someday I would be an adult and this would be relevant to me. Of yeah. course, I missed my moment. I never got to have one because they, uh, they weren't around forever. Now, this is uh, Jason Alexander hawking these and he's, uh, he's a real song and dance man in this. Say you're getting tired of lettuce and tomato hamburgers in this town that don't quite make it. Yeah! You say that just once you'd like your hamburger hot and your lettuce and tomato cool and crisp all at the same time. Yeah! Well, I say you got it. I'm talking McDonald's new lettuce and tomato hamburger, the McDLT. Just turned up to 11. I mean, this foretold flash mobs, basically. It looks like a goddamn flash mob. That's exactly right. Someone, a flash mob should do that, should reenact this commercial. Ooh, yeah. I would support that if I didn't hate flash mobs with every fiber of my being. The dancing is unreal, you guys. You've got to check this commercial out. Jason Alexander is prancing around in a white, like a white, like sort of a white uh, blazer super like just super sort of like late 80s early 90s I love that he calls so happy at both the beginning and end of the commercial he refers to this as a lettuce and tomato hamburger which I just think is so funny like the writing have is you so ever clunky. said that before in your life hold on I want to listen to both instances here it is at the beginning say you're getting tired of lettuce and tomato hamburgers in this <laughs> Like, he makes it a rhetorical. Like, everybody would be like, no, I've never said I'm getting tired of lettuce and tomato hamburgers where the ingredients are getting soggy. And then let's listen to what he says at the end here. Okay, that I'm going to use as a cut at the beginning of the show next week because it could be the best lettuce and tomato hamburger ever. Well, yeah, because that is something that like you just made up. It's a burger. Those are the (laughs) anyway. It was a different time. All right, we need to close out here on this particular uh, topic with one that. Well, things got a little contentious in our household today. I'm not contentious. No, I'm just I, it I wasn't immediately agreed with you. Um, uh, but you did find a wonderful series of ads that I actually remember them, or some of them, very well. Unfortunately, I don't think it counts as before they were famous because this is starring one Bruce Willis, but the year is 1987. The product is Seagram's wine coolers, which the whole re- even though I remember these commercials, again, kind of like a kid looking at the ha- the adult hamburger, to me it was all just stuff I'm not allowed to drink. So it didn't even occur to me how like funny it was that it's a goddamn wine cooler. Like, right. you, like the difference between wine cooler and beer or whatever. Like what could be like less macho than a wine cooler? Well, that's cooler? clearly what they were sort of trying to counteract with having Bruce Willis, who I think you're right. This, although this made it into a bunch of these compilations of before they were famous, I think it's fair to say that he was already in moonlighting when this yes. show or when this commercial aired, and so he was like two years into moonlighting when these started. Yeah, I mean, if you're already like the lead on a network right. TV show, primetime TV show, I don't think it's art. I, I think it's hard to argue that you're not famous enough. Yeah, um, but. Like, I just got so much pleasure out of watching this first one that we're going to play. I don't think there's any dialogue, so you can't really tell that it's Bruce Willis. But it is like, it's like the distillation for me of all of, like, Bruce Willis's crazy intersections of his personality. Like, his tough guy, you know, uh, sort of, like, 
muscly guy, like tough guy action star meeting his like Hudson Hawk goofy musical number loving almost almost a little sort of femme yeah like a theatrical femme. he does a little like some spins in yeah, this that are like I mean, very he, jason alexander he's got a very sort of theatrical side he's like he's almost like he was an early harbinger of what i think hugh jackman has become mm. of someone who's like a tough guy an action guy a handsome sexy guy but also like kind of kind of comfortable in like this very like fey mm-hmm. you know part of part of his personality and and it like all comes together in this crazy eighties commercial where he's dancing with like the women who look like they're from a Robert Palmer video. Right. It's just all of it. It's so much. I don't want to do that thing where we try to des- describe this on the fly because then we're always trying to catch up with what's happening in the action. It's not that great. So what I, I want to play a little bit of it just so you can get a sense of the sound. But basically, what happens here, and I think this is a commercial. This is a long one. It's a minute long. They're actually trying to showcase the two sides of yes. it. I, unless it's a straight rejection of the. Of the first part. Well, here's what happens. We see it's like a, it's a kind of a sexy club kind of thing. But high end. High end sexy club. Bruce Willis is at the bar wearing a white um, suit, right? Like yeah, a white a suit. bright white, yeah. big 80s or 90s, like loose fitting suit. Like picture like... Uh, like a sort of almost like a gangster suit, like right. that loose, right? And um, you know, kind of in, pro- in a t-shirt underneath though, because it's 1987, yeah. and he's still pretty cool about everything. And, um, and Miami Vice is still on the air. Yes, and so these women come up to him, and he kind of starts dancing with them a little bit. They lead him actually out of the club, and then they is, literally skip down the street arm in arm. Yes, and then he does a few of his little spin arounds and dances. But the thing is, where they're really heading is something that's maybe a little bit more his real the real speed of bruce willis or who well, is the character did you say it's the oh, real it's, uh so the real bruno if you Mars. don't know this yeah. about bruce willis let me tell you something that this is a man who several years ago more than a few now i'm sure put out a like blues album under the uh title the return of bruno oh yeah that came out two years before this commercial that was that long ago that came out in 1985 this commercial is oh, 1987 i thought that the return of bruno was more recent than that. Anyway, it's appalling. Like it's a it's Bruce Willis doing blue. It's a yeah. full album of blues. And HBO did a a, um, a kind of a mockumentary companion of it, where it's not. I mean, he released it under his name, but Bruno is this it's his character, Chris Gaines. right? So it's like HBO showcased this album by making this mockumentary with a bunch of famous people like Ringo Starr and other like fourth wheels. So that's no kind of what I mean about Bruce Willis. Like, I love Bruce Willis even when he is utterly laughable and mockable because I think on some level he's just enjoying his life as a rich, famous guy. And he, like, he, he, he seems to have a relatively good sense of humor about the whole thing. Do you think there's any chance that there's a re- – before we play the commercial, if there, is there a trailer for the return of Bruno? No, but the whole thing is online. Oh, I'm not watching that right now. Okay. Do that on your own time, Council. <laughs> I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> and you. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So he um, he's dancing out of this club. Now they're skipping down the street. He's with the ladies. But then he he's kind of shedding his – he's almost literally shedding his image of the club by taking off his white jacket and now he's just wearing a, a, a sleeveless t-shirt or like a t-shirt with the sleeves cut off and he's going into like a, a sweaty blues bar that is literally underground they have to like go into a, a stairwell to get into this blues bar let's take a listen to what this sounds like sitting in a bar a swanky bar of town 
I'm assuming that he's singing this. It doesn't really sound like him, but it seems like why wouldn't it be him? Because I'm going to play some more for you, and he in a lot of them you see him singing. Oh, here comes the big skipping down the street. I wish they would do a shot-for-shot remake of this commercial with Bruce Willis today. Another uh, flash mob off. He's so, like, he's so fabulous. Yeah. He's doing, uh, he's, he's playing the harmonica at the end when yeah. he's all, like, sweaty and... He l- and uh, T-shirted. I just have a. I actually am a fan of Bruce Willis, and I always thought, oh, he'd be a fun guy to hang out with until he did that horrible um, junket interview for Red Two. Remember where he and the, who's yeah. the co-star of that? Oh, uh, uh, they're just like kind of being really rude and aloof and mean to like the really enthusiastic. Yeah, it's the uh, weeds reporter. lady, whatever her yeah, name. Yeah, and um, that's another three named woman, I believe. Mary something something. Yeah, she's like. It's like a three named Raven, um, but uh, I uh, and ever since then I'm just like, boy, he really is just—he's an entitled, rude jerk. And I have this thing about like, like just these white guys who just think they're like blues guys. Like, this. I'm not saying that no white guys can play the blues, but I'm just saying I don't want to be in the room when it happens. <laughs> here is um, here is one that I remember. This Mary Louise is, Parker. There you go. I know it's driving some listeners crazy. <laughs> and and us. Um, so this is for Golden Wine Cooler commercial 1987 Bruce Willis. This is the one where he is on the porch and we see him singing this song. Oh, no, 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 no. This is not the porch one. This is the other one that takes place in the basement. He's wearing the... um the the uh the the douchey like fed, like white blues man fedora playing his harmonica and singing this. Were you going to say something before I hit play? Oh, just that I remember the porch one pretty vividly. Yeah, well, maybe I'll call that one up in a second. Let's just go out. Let's like spend the next half hour playing nothing but Bruce Willis. I mean, there are a million of these. There's one with him and Sharon Stone sitting at a bar together. Here's this one. No, fellas. Look here, fellas. Let's do one for Mr. Seagram. Now, look here, Mr. Seagram. God! You sound like my kind of guy. You make that? Seagram's golden wine cooler. It's really hard to watch. It's so bad. Oh, now, Mr. Seagram. You're my kind of guy. My kind of guy. Oh, screw you, Bruce Willis. I really don't want to watch these anymore. Okay. Maybe not like Bruce Willis. <laughs> All right. I will leave it there. I'm sorry. Um, well, then what should we do? Should we just uh, t- uh, check in with the Ad Council? Let's check in with the Ad Council. I don't know why I lost my words there. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. Thieves. I never look at the email. <laughs> it makes it keeps this segment uh, super fresh, and it uh, keeps my afternoons clear. Uh, what do we got in the mailbag? Well, we actually have a great segue from um, before they were famous uh, ads from listener Carrie 
uh, who sent in a note about the uh, rubber band man ad that we talked about. Uh, Staples? Was for, that for Staples? I think it was for uh, maybe Office Max. Okay. It was definitely for an office supply company. Uh, but she pointed out that uh, the rubber band man, the guy, the, the, uh, the like the mail clerk or mailroom guy who's, mm-hmm. who's the star of it, who's kind yeah. of like dancing his way through the office providing office supplies, um, is an actor named Eddie Steeples, who is best known for his role as Darnell Crabman Turner on My Name is Earl. And it's probably uh, not that surprising that I didn't recognize him, although now that she says that, he looks kind of familiar. I haven't seen, I maybe seen three episodes of My Name is Earl in my whole life. Is that the show that you and I will sometimes catch, like, if we're traveling on a hotel TV somewhere, and we're always like, oh, this actually seems like it has, but who's the woman? Is that... No, you're thinking of a different one about some sort of, like, white trash people called... Um, Raising Hope. Oh, okay, which we kind right, of like. right, right, right. Yeah, that has Martha Plimpton. In Plimpton, it, yes, who I love. Good. Um, and then she adds, if you watch closely, the actor that has his chair swapped. So if you recall, uh, the the rubber yep. band man like swips it, switches out a good office a good office chair, or switches out a bad one for a good one. Uh, the man who the actor who has his chair swapped out by the rubber band man is David. I'm sorry, Leslie David Baker, uh, whose name I wouldn't have known, but he's Stanley from The Office. Oh, yeah. black guy with a mustache, a little guy, overweight, overweight black guy yeah, yeah, yeah. who's like very dour. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's Stanley. So perfect segue. Thank you. Yeah. That was uh, very timely, and thank you for that extra detail. Appreciate it. Uh, from listener Chris, uh, we had asked for mentions of ignorance in commercials. We were we were we're driving ourselves crazy uh, because of that pistachio commercial. Oh, and right. And the, the uh, Hyundai commercial for like the auto start with the bears that don't know anything about diet veganism. Yeah, yeah. Just the way it was written, or maybe ad libbed. It just seemed like whoever was writing or ad libbing these commercials did not understand the concept they were joking about. Right. Uh, so we asked for examples of that from that people are that drive people crazy. And Chris wrote in. Uh, you asked for mentions of ignorance in commercials. One of the pet peeves I have is in credit card commercials, they always swipe the card right side up in the swipe machine, <laughs> which would never work in real life because the magnetic strip is on the top, meaning you have to turn the card upside down to swipe it. I think that's such a great example. I've never noticed it. And he even says, I realize I want to show the card favorably to the camera, but it always bugs me. I hesitate to even bring this up. Because once yeah. you see it, you can well, you will forever notice it. And he's totally right. I'll forever notice it. But I'm glad to notice it. I, I'm, I'm like happy. those Tina Fey commercials. I, I take the red pill, sir. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, I will continue to notice it. That does not bother me as much because there's a reason for it. Sure. It's not just lazy writing. It's no. not like, you know, again, the bear example, the bear's like, I was going to eat that human. I thought you're vegan. It's my cheat day. I'll eat around it. Like, none of those phrases make sense together, especially yeah. the last two. Like, if you're, it's your cheat day, you're going to eat around it. What the hell? Like, that's just like, that's not essential to what you're trying to sell. That's supposed to be funny and it's bad writing. This is kind of like, yeah, they're well, cheating a little and bit. And he acknowledges yeah, that, but yeah. I, I think it's like in the same spirit of feeling like it's just it it takes you out of the moment yeah yeah no i definitely see it i'm just saying me personally that doesn't kind of drive me as crazy but i you know i have all kinds of other pet peeves um i've got another another note from listener jennifer um she said you asked for examples of ads that drive us crazy here's mine uh, in this goddamn day, <laughs> uh, the kid names the vegetables he wants on his sandwich, uh, and his mom whispers to the sandwich maker that this is how I trick him into eating his vegetables. Oh, yeah. And her point is, he's clearly choosing vegetables. You're not tricking him into anything. 
Uh, and she calls her Princess Smugface. So this is a subway ad. Do you want to give oh, it a Oh, yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Let's see here. Sorry. I clicked on the wrong uh, link. I was a little bit unprepared, but that's never going to happen again. I'll have lettuce, tomatoes, and green peppers, please. He doesn't realize this is how I trick him into eating his veggies. Each fresh fit for kids meal comes with a jungle book watch. Let's cut to the chase. My mom doesn't realize that eating my veggies is how I trick her into getting what I want. You're a smart kid. You've this got a bunch ain't of- my first rodeo, lady. Collect all six I see. So she rewards him with little to- those little toys that they're giving away if he eats his vegetables. Yeah, there's a lot about that that does not make sense. Yeah. It's. It, I think you're right. I think it's a. It's a poorly written ad. Yeah. I mean, maybe when the mom said, "This is how I trick him into eating the vegetables," I thought, "Oh yeah, she tr- quote unquote tricks him by bringing him to Subway by putting the vegetables on a delicious sandwich with delicious meats and delicious breads." Like did, I was did sort Subway of suddenly start sponsoring this podcast. I'm just saying that like that was my brain. If it had to be justified, <laughs> that's how I was going to justify it. But as it goes on, it gets more and more. It makes less and less sense. Yeah, it does. The center doesn't on. hold on that. I can't justify all. it. I tried Subway. I'm sorry. I'll still take your money. Okay, we've got one more piece of uh, listener feedback. This is from listener Cat Solon. Uh, what? Yes, our our one of our very favorite guests uh, who was on. She she talked about her work as an uh, ad maker for Adult Swim. Um, and she writes, this commercial drives me nuts because they renamed a humble brag. Uh, they describe a humble brag, but then call it a backdoor brag. And it sounds so much to me like something an out-of-touch parent would say. And the, and the ad that, that uh, we're going to play here is really interesting to me for a couple of reasons. I'm glad she brought it up because uh, I've been wanting to kind of talk about these ads anyway. Yes. So this is uh, an ad for Verizon called A Better Network as Explained by 30 Rock. And the the thing about these ads is they take an actual scene from 30 Rock. And if you're like Andrew and me, you've watched that show many times. And you're mm-hmm. very familiar with like a lot of these scenes. They take actual scenes. And I guess what they're doing is actually reshooting them with the actual actors. Yeah. They look the same. Yep. But then the scene shifts and takes on... Uh, it 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 becomes uh, compromised in some way that's related to how your cell phone service would fail. So why don't you go ahead and play this? So one? in this particular one, is this the one where um, the walls are kind of closing in around them while they're talking? I, I think so. It's it, it starts off with this a real scene from Thirty Rock where Jenna is trying to tell Ke- uh, Kenneth about how to uh, do humble bragging, or she calls it a backdoor brag. Okay, a better network, as explained by Thirty Rock, is what we see on the screen. <laughs> Where have you been? I had to put on my jeans by myself. I am so sorry, Miss Maroney. This personal essay is way harder than I now thought. The walls it's are just closing not in. my nature to brag on myself. Not even a backdoor brag? Oh, what's a backdoor brag? Sneaking something wonderful about yourself into everyday conversation. Like when I tell people I can't watch musicals because I have perfect pitch. Oh. Some carriers promise unlimited streaming, but then automatically shrink your videos and so, so they're, they're, quality. they're smashed between two walls while that whole scene right, is happening. Right, because your videos are being shrunk on your phone. Um, and you could even see there were some, I think, stand-ins, like way, way in the background. You saw other characters. Um, who's the beardy guy who wears the uh, ironic hats? Uh, uh, Judah, Judah something. Yeah. Freelander. So you saw him in the background. Only I don't think that was him. I think that that actor, whoever was... You think that him. was a Judah Friedlander alike? Well, they were, I don't even think if they're going to actually get him, they better use him in another commercial for the shoot because you wouldn't pay a name actor, even though he's not the most famous person, to be that far in the background. He's I know, tiny, Verizon tiny. has a lot of money. Yeah, but look, uh, I know this is really good for the people who can't see it. He is so tiny in the background, you can barely see him. 
right there. Oh, yeah, you're that's, right. That that's could definitely be, not him. That could be anybody in a beard. And he turns his back on the camera really quickly. He's just like a heavy set guy with a beard and long hair and a I hat. I think you're right. Um, now, here's the deal, though. So Kat, who... I shouldn't pick favorites. I'm just going to call her my favorite listener because she knows so much about the industry, sent this in. But as you're pointing out, Genevieve, the the issue she takes with it is calling the backdoor brag instead of a humble brag. But if this scene was actually taken from 30 Rock, Kat's issue is with 30 Rock, that's right. not it, the that, actual... And that is the real scene. And you know that's the that's the dialogue from the real scene. Can I... I just did a quick Google. Can I play what looks like the real scene here? Yeah, um, let's see how different it is. Tommy's right. I'll never finish this application in time. Personal essay is way harder than I thought, because it's just not in my nature to brag on myself. Not even a backdoor brag? What's a backdoor brag? Sneaking something wonderful about yourself into everyday conversation. Like when I tell people, it's hard for me to watch American Idol because I have perfect pitch. Oh. Ew. <laughs> it's funny, they kind of cut out the best part. Does he say ew in the commercial we just watched? Maybe I... I don't think so. And and looking at the original scene now, I realize how much, it, how different it is from the version that they shoot for the Verizon commercial. There's just a lot more going on. I mean, it looks like it's the same TGS um, kind of behind the scenes there. I really like it. It's the same kitchen area and stuff like that. But I think they just wanted it a little bit more dynamic and yeah. with more uh, people in the background getting in the way to really emphasize how uh, uh, the, the wall's closing in on them. But to Kat's question, do you you think because I've seen that episode of 30 Rock I remember it um, and it didn't strike me at the time as a uh, sort of a misnomer for humble brag do you feel like it's a, a sort of clunky uh, uh, like a clunky version of what a humble brag really is that's what's interesting about this. If this were just a commercial that would, did not rely on 30 Rock at all, mm-hmm. I would totally agree with Kat. It would yeah. kind of drive me crazy. I'd be like, dude, it's not a backdoor brag. It's a humble brag, and you can just say that. Like, you're just – somebody didn't want to use the word humble brag, right. so you're you're writing around it, and it's just awkward, and it stands out. But what they, the fact that it's based on 30 Rock means I need to judge the 30 Rock joke, and I don't have a problem with that because 30 Rock always – not always, but often came up with, like – parallels for things like yes at first um like uh, you face for for, for yes facebook. they call you a facebook is you face um what do they end up call, like instead of comcast buying out ge oh, cable town it's cable town of course they really did call it milf, GE. milf island oh right well is that that's just a, i mean that's sort a, of but i mean of it's a it's a pastiche of a bunch of different reality tv right shows. so i sort of feel that like jenna maroney calling it a backdoor brag is kind of part of the joke sort, sort of the of. universe that right they live in. But, I mean, I'm a huge 30 Rock fan, so I could be fan-wanking it here just to, like, kind of apologize for it the way I did that Subway ad. But, anyway, I'm really glad that um, – well, I'm glad Kat's still listening, and I'm glad she wrote in. That's and she had – oh, she had one more one more thing that she said, and Kat, I really want to hold you to this. I talked last week about how realistic I think that camel in the hump day ads is when it's <laughs> doing – when it's – talking yeah. at the office workers. Does anybody know what day it is? I don't want to do this. <laughs> and she, and Kat writes, I'm going to re she says I'm going to rematch the hump day spot and try to figure out for you how they made the camel look so good. I don't really know what rematch means in this context, but it sounds no, I don't know very either. official. <laughs> yes. And I want you to rematch the shit out of it. <laughs> you can sell anything. All right. On that note, let's get out here. I want to do something, though, Viv, before we um, uh, uh, put it away for this week. Um, 
that we don't usually do, which is remind people, well, first of all, yeah, if you want to weigh in on what we're talking about today, email us uh, after these messages show at Facebook, send us your own examples of the type of stuff we talked about. But I want to look ahead a little bit. We don't have a date set yet, but we want to do, uh, we have a special guest in mind who might be able to come on and talk about etiquette in commercials, like just examples of people being um, just rude, boorish, whatever it is. I'd like to have a conversation. Or I think a question. I think or maybe a, good etiquette? Good etiquette or, or where you have a question about whether someone's etiquette in a commercial uh, is questionable. Right. It's a, it's a sort of a nuanced question, but like – you know, get creative. We have an expert who's willing to come on and do this with us, but I I think it's such a great idea to talk about, yet I'm drawing a blank on any commercials that have etiquette issues, but maybe you guys have some ideas, so send them our way. Again, After These Messages Show uh, at Gmail, After These Messages Show on Facebook, and you can call our voicemail line 607 444 Nine seven six zero seven four 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 five five nine seven. Anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? Nope. Does anybody know what day it is? <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Talk to you next Tuesday. too proud. I'm like you would be too if you had the juice now. Hey yo, the government is lies, son. United States of Google, Verizon. They all spies, son. I'm Pisces rising, and you ain't Hoover. You suck like James Dyson.